My name is Rick Renner, and I'm at the Bulletarian in the upper part of ancient Ephesus. You say, what is a Bulletarian? Well, it comes from the Greek word bole, which means to counsel. Bulletarian is where all the counselors met, or this was the place of the city council. And they would regularly meet here to discuss laws, how to fix the problems of society. And they thought society's problems were so severe, and they were, and their job was to try to bring a solution to those problems. Now, 2,000 years later, we're still talking about the problems of society, but we're living in the last days. And the Bible clearly promises that at the very end of the age, when we can go no further in time, the time that we're living in right now, the ills of society will be more severe than ever before. They are specifically described in 2 Timothy chapter 3, where the Holy Spirit vividly describes the characteristics of an end-time society. And in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, the Apostle Paul gives us real solid advice about how to carry out end-time ministry. He particularly speaks to ministers and people in the church that will be living at the end of the age, so he's talking about us. And he tells us what we have to do to effectively minister in the end of the age to people that are affected by an end-time society. That's the day we're living in. People are confused. People don't know what's right. They don't know what's wrong. They're even confused about what is the correct gender. Gender confusion. Oh, there's confusion on every level. It's an indication of the end of the age. And we're blessed to live in that age and to minister to people, and we need to know how to do it. So we're going to see what the Bible says about ministering to people during the end times. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program. My name is Rick Renner, and dear friend, I've been waiting for you. And today, we're going to dive back into the Bible to see how we can divert and overcome temptations. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to surrender to the temptation. But most temptations can be diverted. And if you're already in the middle of a temptation, you can overcome it. I know that because we're told in 1 John chapter 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The one that is in you is greater than that temptation. And you can either divert the temptation or you can overcome it. And that's why I'm teaching this brand new series called How to Successfully Divert and Overcome Temptation. Please order yours. And if you know anyone that's struggling with any issue in their life, this may be the answer they're looking for. So you should order one for them as well. And it comes with a wonderful study guide. It's so great to have the study guide because you can read it while you see it, or while you listen to it. And this combination really gets the teaching down deep inside you. Please order yours today by going online or give us a call. And remember that we're also offering you this week my book called A Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. Many people start on fire and they lose their fire along the way. That is not the will of God for your life. You're to be a blazing inferno for Jesus until you exit this life. And you can be if 
you know the right fuels to inject into your flame. And that's what this book is about. You can be a life ablaze. And remember that right now we're offering you on our website our new autobiography called Unlikely. If you feel that you're unlikely to do something significant, you need to read this book. Because if anyone was unlikely, it was me and Denise and our family. But God delights in choosing the unlikely to do something unlikely with their lives. This is a thrilling, true life story and also filled with Bible teaching. The subtitle says, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. And friend, also remember that if you need prayer, we want to pray for you. So give us a call or send us your email. And the moment we hear from you, we're going to begin to really pray with you for God to answer your prayers. But hey, reach for your Bible. And today we're going to return to our anchor verse, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. And it says, There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. You just should say that. Ah, oh, that temptation I'm dealing with, it's just common to man. The rest of the verse says, that God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way for you to escape that ye may be able to bear it. The word temptation in this verse is used three times in this verse. The Greek word perasmus, and all three times it describes something that comes to attack you that is evil. It comes to seduce you. The intention of it is to harm you and to destroy you. It's something sinister and evil. And this verse says, no temptation has taken you. The word taken is a form of the Greek word lambano, which here means to seize, to attack, to grip, to take hold of. And here it describes the lure of flesh and of temptation to reach out to our flesh and to grab hold of us and to seduce us to do something we ought not to do. But it says there has no temptation taken you, but such as is, here it is, Common to man, the Greek word anthropinos. Oh, this word will set you free because the word anthropinos literally describes anything just experienced by all human beings, merely human, unexceptional, nothing exceptional about it at all, just something everybody faces in life is just common to Man, I cannot emphasize to you how important it is that you do not glorify and magnify the temptation. If you magnify it, you empower it, diminish it, diminish it, downsize it. Look at it and say, I'm going to overcome you because there's nothing exceptional about you. Others have faced you and overcome you, and I'm going to overcome you too. You are just common to man, totally unexceptional diminish it, take the power out of it. But the rest of the verse says, but God is faithful. In Greek, it has the word day, which carries the idea of something categorical or emphatic. It really means, but God is categorically faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. The word able is a form of the Greek word dunamai. It carries the idea of power, ability, amazing competence. It means you are totally competent to deal with that thing that is trying to assail you. God has given you everything you need to divert it or to overcome it. In fact, the verse goes on to say, but will with the temptation make a way to escape. The word with 
is so powerful. It's one of those words that people just read right over and they don't think too deeply about it. But in Greek, it is the word soon. And the word soon carries the idea of partnership, something that comes alongside of you, which means when you're facing something that is assailing you or tempting your flesh soon, God himself, who is faithful, comes alongside of you as your partner and he makes a way to escape. The word make is a form of the Greek word poieo, which means to creatively make, to manufacture, to fabricate, to provide, which means God is so interested in you being delivered from that temptation. God will creatively make a way for you to get out. God will manufacture a way for you to get out of it. He'll fabricate a way or he'll provide a way for you to escape. And the word escape is the Greek word ek basis. Here it is again. Ek means out. It's where we get the word exit. The word basis means to step. When you compound the two words together, it forms the Greek word ek basis, which means to walk out as to walk out of a bad situation. To remove yourself from a person or place that isn't good for you. To use your feet to exit a situation or an environment. And here is the way of escape. It's in your shoes. It's called your feet. Just like you have walked into something bad, you can turn around and walk out of it. God has given you feet and those feet can carry you to your freedom. You have to use your brain and use your feet and say, hey, I'm going to embrace the grace of God. God's with me in this. He's partnering with me. He's giving me the power to do what is right. And I'm going to turn around and get out of here. I'm going to walk out of this. In fact, the verse goes on to say that you may be able to bear it. That word bear describes an undertow or an undercurrent that picks you up and takes you somewhere else. If you'll embrace the grace, the grace of God will grab hold of you and will carry you out of that turbulent place and deliver you to the banks of safety and deliverance. But you have to embrace the grace. You have to make the choice and you have to choose to walk out of it. Then Paul follows up in verse 14, speaking to the Corinthians who were very tempted with idolatry and all the things connected to idolatry. And he said to them, wherefore, my beloved brethren, flee from idolatry. He didn't say stay there and prove that you can overcome it. He didn't say stay there and be strong. He said, flee. Use your feet. That's what it means. In fact, the Greek word for flee means to run as fast as possible. My friends, it's a spiritual thing to run. Running is smart. It means to escape, to use one's feet to move as fast as possible to get out of an unprofitable situation. The Greek word literally pictures one's feet flying as a person runs from a situation. Now I'm going to give you another new verse today. 1 John chapter 5, verse 21. The Apostle John is writing to his readers who were in Asia. Also about idolatry. Idolatry brought a lot of temptations to people. It was an environment, of course, of demonism. It was an environment of sexual promiscuity. There was a lot of alcoholism. There was a lot of drug abuse, a lot of profanity, carousing. All of that was connected with temples and idolatry. 
and the New Testament believers had lived their whole life in those places, and though now they have been delivered, they still feel the lure of it to come back into those places. And so John wrote to them in 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, and he said, little children, keep yourself from idols. Amen. The word keep is very intentional. The Greek word philoso, which means save. Save yourself from idols. It can be translated to protect, to preserve, or to guard. Protect yourself, preserve yourself, guard yourself from idols. It depicted the uninterrupted diligence that shepherds, for example, showed in keeping their flocks from wolves. It was used to depict a military guard who exercised unbroken vigilance. It means to guard, protect, secure shield, or watch over in order to protect one from some outside source. And this kind of keeping is intentional. You have to make a decision. I'm going to protect myself. And John goes on to say from idols. The word from in Greek is the word apo. It carries the idea of intentional distance, intentional distance. And idols refers to idolatry and all the temptations connected with idolatry. And then he ends with the word amen, which means amen. So let it be. It is an emphasis marker used to emphasize a statement of great importance. And the RIV of this little tiny verse is quite lengthy, but here it is. This really is what's conveyed in this verse. Little children, I immediately order you to withdraw from idols. Those idols and what they represent are so evil that you need to seriously guard yourself against them and stay away from them altogether. I'm leaving no wiggle room on this issue. I'm absolutely and emphatically ordering you to immediately put as much space as possible between yourself and idols. They are evil and represent a menace to your life, so you must urgently guard against them. What I'm telling you right now is not open for debate and is not optional. It is an order that I'm fully expecting you to obey. In fact, to underscore the seriousness of what I'm telling you, I'm even adding an amen to stress the point. I expect you to explicitly obey my instructions on this issue and do it now. They had to be intentional to protect themselves from temptations. And if they would be intentional, they could divert a lot of trouble and a lot of temptations. Well, in this series, we're talking about how to divert or overcome various kinds of temptations. We've already seen that you can divert or overcome emotionally upsetting temptations, overeating temptations. Today, we're going to see, are you ready for this? Spending temptations. I'm talking about living on credit, spending what you don't have, buying what you don't need, driven to purchase, 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 living in debt, living with self-anger for what you've done, and living in slavery. My friend, this does not have to be your present life or your future. However, the Holy Spirit told us in 2 Timothy 3, 3, this would be indicative of society at the end of the age. And by the way, if you don't have my book called Last Day's Survival Guide, please order this book where I cover all the symptoms the Holy Spirit prophesied 
would transpire in society at the end of the age, the age that we're living in. And when you come to 2 Timothy 3.3, it says people will be, listen, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, and then he says incontinent, incontinent. That has to do with living in debt. What does it mean? It is the Greek word akrates. It is a compound of the word kratos with the word a on the front of it. The word kratos is one of many Greek words that depicts power. But when an a is put on the front of it, kratos becomes akrates. And that a has a canceling effect rather than be power. It pictures one that has lost power, one who has lost self control and therefore has no self-control or mastery over himself. It refers to the inability to exercise control, a lack of control, a lack of self-restraint, no willpower or the inability to say no. It is the picture of society at the end of the age abandoning themselves to self, saying yes to everything they want to do, whether they can afford it or not, living with the I just can't say no syndrome. And the Holy Spirit prophesied this would be indicative of people at the end of the age. And the truth is, these issues of lack of self-restraint are abundant in society today. There are so people living with few boundaries, not knowing how to say no. And this includes the way they use their credit cards and the way they overspend. It's because... Just like the Holy Spirit prophesied, people are self-focused, self-absorbed, self-centered. All of those are symptoms of an end-time society. And the Holy Spirit uses this word incontinent to tell us people will buy what they want when they want it with no regard for the value or the patience of waiting for it. And because they are covetous and they want it now, they will just do it now whether they can afford it or not. And again, this word incontinent describes people who accrue debt to get what they don't even need because they're self-absorbed and they just cannot say no. And if we're not careful, we will fall victim to this spirit of the age. And all the advertisements say, buy it now, buy it now, buy it now, buy it now. We'll give you another credit card. You can buy it on credit. You can buy it on credit. You can buy it on debt. And my friend, people end up as slaves to debt. This is not the will of God for your life. And the Holy Spirit really prophesied that people at the end of the age will be hurled into excessive living, exorbitant spending, and mindless consumerism. Wow, anybody can fall into the trap. And if you have fallen into this trap, there is no judgment and there is no condemnation. The facts show that Americans today are making more money than ever before and feel they have less than they have ever had because they're using their money to pay their debt. They're living in slavery to their past actions. Wow. If this is your case, it's not a life sentence because if you will listen to the Holy Spirit and do what is right, you can reverse this condition. Remember, the word escape means to walk out of. Just like you walked into the mess that you're living in, you can turn around and step by step, you can walk 
out of it. You may not get out of it immediately, but you have to begin stepping in the right direction. And rather than live with this sentence over your life, you may need to cut up your credit cards. You may need to change your consumerism. You may need to change the way that you're living while you give your tithe and offering and believe for God to bless what you're doing, and God will. But my friend, you have to embrace the grace of God to step out of this. You need to avoid the temptation to buy things that you don't need. So if you're going somewhere where you know you're going to be tempted, make the decision to divert that place. Don't go there and then you won't be tempted. And my friend, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Greek word soon, God will join himself with you so you do not have to face this struggle by yourself and he will make a way for the current of his grace to grab you, to pull you out of this turbulent place and deliver you on the banks of safety and security and deliverance. That is the plan of God for your life. But it requires your mind your decision, and your actions. And God says you have the ability to flee this, and you can. Now, my friend, this has been a lot today. It's a lot for you to think about, but we've already seen from 1 John chapter 5, verse 21, you need to intentionally put space between you and that thing that's calling out to your flesh. Put space between yourself and excessive spending so that you don't fall victim to that temptation and you stay free. And by the way, when you're free, then you can joyfully give to every good work that God tugs on your heart to give to. I'll be back in just a moment, and I want to pray for you. Everyone faces temptation. If the devil's been condemning you for just being tempted, tell him to hit the road and quit listening to him. But the fact remains, you do need to know how to beat the temptations that keep calling out to you. That's what Rick Renner addresses in his new five-part series, How to Successfully Divert and Overcome Temptation. In this series, Rick will show you how to use your feet to run from temptation, how you can walk out of emotionally upsetting situations, how you can overcome the nagging temptation to eat too much, how you can beat the temptation to spend money you don't have, how you can say no to sexual temptation and walk free from it. You can do it, but you need to know how. In this practical series, Rick shows you how you can successfully divert and overcome those hassling voices and temptations that keep trying to drag you down. This five-part series is available in digital or physical formats starting at just $10. We are also offering Rick's 433-page book, A Life of Blades where he lays out everything you need to stay on fire with the Holy Spirit's power for years to come. In this powerful book, you'll discover how to keep the fire burning. Don't delay ordering your copy of A Life Ablaze today for only $18. Don't miss this special offer, this series, How to Successfully Divert and Overcome Temptation, and the book, A Life Ablaze. Call the number on your screen now, or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. on daily TV, the request for orders was immediate. And then when we went on more channels, we doubled and doubled our requests every year. 
Brick Renter Ministries sent over 158,000 products out in just this last year. We get many calls for prayer uh, on a daily basis. Um, you know, there are people just really wanting answers today. They want hope, um, and we're here for them uh, to help them find that. Uh, we get calls for prayer just when people are struggling, going through certain situations, uh, and they may start with being very hopeless, but many times they hang up uh, full of hope, uh, full of joy, faith, and uh, just trusting in the Lord. And uh, the most rewarding part is, you know, getting the phone call the day after saying God, you know, has come through and answered their prayers. And uh, it's just super humbling, and I'm grateful uh, to be working for Enter Ministries. Well, everybody who watches Rick on TV is going to want to have a study guide every time. It's, um, first of all, a tangible memory of the material. And anybody who is desiring to learn the Bible more, which we see every day all over the world, it is easy and uh, affordable to get a study guide. And I know a lot of people just do it every single time or they download as they're watching the program for free. And so it's just a wonderful tool. As far as the needs of the ministry, we are bursting at the seams and growing by leaps and bounds. I foresee more, definitely more growth. And um, as far as people connecting with the Renner Ministry and the more that uh, Rick and Denise and Joel and everyone gets to be um, exposed to other areas of the world and other people uh, that are connecting with the Renner Ministry, uh, we're just, we're bursting at the seams and we need to expand and pretty quickly. My friend, we are growing as a ministry. People are responding to the teaching of the Bible. They're reaching out to us for resources, for prayer, and for ministry. And God has given us the awesome responsibility of ministering to them, and we need more space to do it. So would you please pray about becoming a part of the giving team to help with our ministry expansion project. Thank you for letting me spend this time with you today. I hope you're encouraged to do the right thing when it comes to your spending. And if you feel that you've fallen victim to the spirit of the age, which says, buy, 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 charge, 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 it's time for you to stop that. You need to put distance between yourself and that exorbitant spending, buying things that later you say, why did I buy it? I don't even need it. I don't even use it. Then why put yourself in slavery to the debt. Put distance between yourself and that thing. By the way, I'm offering you my series, which is called How to Successfully Divert and Overcome Temptations. You can divert it and you can overcome it. And it comes with a study guide. We're also offering you my book, which is called A Life Ablaze, 10 Simple Keys to Living on Fire for God. And today I mentioned to you my book called Last Day's Survival Guide, a scriptural handbook to prepare you for these perilous times. We're living in the end of the age when people are going to be akratos, the Greek word incontinent, 
not living wisely, just spending, 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 and ending up slaves to debt. That doesn't have to be you, but the Holy Spirit said it will happen to people on a wide scale at the end of the age. But God's plan for you, my friend, is financial freedom. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that you've set us free from slavery of all kinds. And Lord, you do not want us to be a slave to debt. Show us, just like we walked into debt, how we can begin the process to turn around and walk out of it. Give us wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll see you tomorrow. Remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power.